All right. Hello, hello, my friends. You are listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show on News Talk KEYS, 1440 AM and 98.7 FM, Corpus Christi. Chad, you look like a pumpkin, like a precious little pumpkin. He is in. I'm ready for Halloween. You're wearing your sunglasses indoors. You're just asking for me to make fun of you on live radio. He's, you're wearing Whataburger orange sunglasses and a Dynamo um, Dynamo, Cycles. Dynamo Cycles Fiesta de los Muertos themed orange shirt. Yep. Color color coordinating. I'm so proud of you. I did it. I did it. Oh, my gosh. Literally, Chad has somehow nailed it to where he walks in as the music <laughs> starts. I, I turned down... Uh, Doss Street. I was going to go down Doss Street. It's every time. There's no, you can't the blame it. totally blocked. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, true. Oh, so I had to turn around. But And the traffic. Spring break 2023. Oh, I guess it is spring break. Also, snap, it is the day of St. Patrick's Day Festival. Which Yay. I think they've been putting, Mike Triber at Cassidy's has been putting that on for years. I'll be there at some point. It's a great time, block by block. They're actually doing it in a whole different kind of a, a footprint. They got it on Water Street and in front of Cassidy. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited to go. Speaking of events, Chad, what's a what's a big event coming up on March the 25th at the American Bank Center? That would be the Corpus Christi Car Show. Oh, my God. Yes, he's correct, guys. The Corpus Christi Car Show is coming up March the 25th. It's a Saturday. It's perfect for family and friends. Come and check out cool cars in air conditioning. That part's important. Air conditioned cars, motorcycles, trucks. All of it. We have like a we have a pretty large amount of categories. Yeah, yeah. what are they like twenty five? Uh have shortened it. Uh, I don't know exactly. There's probably about twelve to fifteen categories actually. It's pretty dope. If you have a classic car, if you have a cool truck, if you have a modern sports car, if you got anything that you think is cool, and odds are you do think it's cool, then you should register it at corpuschristicarshow.com and come check it out. It's growing and growing every time. It was it's basically wall to wall cars at the American Bank Center. To the windows, to the walls. To the to the American Bank Center's full of cars. <laughs> <laughs> good job, good job. Anyways, I'm pretty excited. I'm your. I'm going to be hosting it. Chad's in charge of judging, so you can uh, get mad at him if you don't. Something done win. Something done win. Chad, today we have a pretty cool topic. And really, uh, last week. Oh, what did, what do you think they played on the radio show last week? Because we weren't here. It was the Jeep. Oh, I love that. Oh my, you know why I love that too? Is because when we, that show that we did the history of the Jeep on, it was also coinciding with a car show going on at Noasis Brewery. So every time they show that, they play <laughs> that, people call Noasis Brewery thinking there's a car show. I'm surprised <laughs> Kill didn't reach out. <laughs> Anyways, where I was, I was at Amelia Island. All right. They had the Amelia car show, which is going on for a while. It's, uh, I'd say one of the, it's probably the second best car show in America, uh, or best concourse in America. Pebble Beach Concourse is first, and then I'd say I the Amelia. Describing it to somebody as the East Coast's Pebble yeah. Beach. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree on that. And recently it was purchased by Haggerty. So it's been interesting to see 
the the quality has not dropped, uh, but it's been interesting to see them put a little bit of their own footprint on it. They're not, they didn't really change much, but uh, it's been great, man. It's like, like everything you can imagine from million dollar cars to this one cool wooden replica, uh, a 1935 Louvet pedal car replica. I actually have it posted on the Bad Blonde Instagram and the Bad Blonde YouTube. That came from the Lane Motor Museum, and it almost just looks like you have a wooden kayak or a wooden canoe, and you put a roof on it, and you gave it pedals. And that was that was in the middle of the lawn, you know, like in such a juxtaposition to like a 1966 Le Mans Ford GT40. You know, it's you can see some of the coolest cars and it's such a diverse range. So I loved it. That's where I was. And it was pretty awesome. And recently from that weekend, I posted a pretty cool Allard race car. It's like an open wheel race car. And after I posted that, I said, you know what? We have never covered Allard on the show. That's true. And that's that is usually how I decide what we talk about. That is good point. Yes. All right. Now here's what I want to talk about. Uh, I thought we were going to make it past this point. What do you want to talk about, Chad? Well, the second biggest bank closure oh, yeah, ever in history. SBB Silicon deal. Valley Bank mm-hmm. shuttered. Doors then, closed. Uh, Wells Fargo was sending out a bunch of stuff to all these people who have Wells Fargo that uh, you can currently can't access your funds and stuff. Oh God! I think it's the tip of the iceberg. I have my stuff, at, uh, my money at Wells Fargo, <laughs> not on purpose, but mm. essentially, I was with American Bank here, you know, our, our local bank. But then I was living out of a suitcase for about five years, just cross traveling across the U.S. for work. I had my wallet stolen and my laptop stolen, and I had to basically like I was like, hey, I need another debit card or something and American Bank was like you need to walk in here and I'm like I'm in Alabama I can't do that and at that point I switched to Wells Fargo well it's a and I haven't loved them it's gonna be interesting I think that this this is the second largest bank failure since the yeah crisis in 2008 it's yeah. gonna be interesting I think a lot of others are follow are gonna follow <coughs> yeah and uh I think we're it's the tip of the depression I think the reality is is that there is just always chaos we, had, we our banks are set up on a fractional fractional reserve system, uh-huh. which means basically those banks or any banks that are FDIC insured are all running for on ten percent. So basically, if you deposit a million dollars, they only have to keep a hundred thousand dollars yeah. of actual money, and the rest of the money they invest or do whatever they want Willy loan nilly. out with yeah yeah so if they don't do all that good or whatever and people want their money like one lady on this svb bank yeah deposited 10 million with them jeez Louise. well the fdi insurance for a bank is only up to two hundred fifty thousand. and that's if the government wants to print the money to whatever gross so yeah you definitely want to diversify yeah don't put more than two hundred fifty thousand in one bank probably oh my god Bye, Dotson. Yeah, good lord, that made me sick to my stomach. For but I her. think, uh, I think that this is just from everything I've read is going to be the tip of the iceberg. It's going to be like another two thousand eight uh, type depression. Deal. I don't want that for us. I don't want it either. But I'm the, not 
the inflation and uh, the interest rates. They had to bump up the interest rates a little, but that's only to try to battle inflation, which is going insane. So it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody, and it was just like, you know, it just life on Earth and human beings. There's always moments of chaos. Right now, it's still not that bad. This is man-made. Yeah. Created. Oh, absolutely. Government foolishness. So this isn't like something that, uh, this isn't a hurricane that we can't do anything about. This is something that we, our government's actually created. Yeah, right. And it'll be interesting to see if this bank is bailed out with taxpayer money, which a lot of banks, I think, uh, what was it? I'm not a fan of that. Chase, Morgan. Oh, tons. JP Chase, it was Chase, some huge banks, City Bank, I don't remember, were all bailed out. For making bad decisions. Yeah. Because under Bush back then, he said that they're too big to fail. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, that we can't let these banks fail. It's like, these banks made horrible decisions with everybody's money. And lost all these people money. And now the taxpayers are ending up having to come in and bail the banks out while the CEOs and everybody are getting golden parachutes and yeah. making millions on and, their severance and, not, and everything. And not, not paying any of that back, correct? Because um, this reminds me of when Chrysler was failing and Lee Iacocca asked for a government loan, and he paid it back years before it was due, and with interest. Yeah, I don't know if the banks paid it back. Oh. Uh, I think the amount of money they make, I don't they think should they have been able to. Uh, yeah. But um, I don't know. It just is a. Uh, uh, they're like they are too powerful, too big to fail, too powerful to fail. <laughs> I think it's the, the better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways, a segue. Um, Gerard texted and he said, when you're cool, the sun shines on you everywhere. Got to wear the shades. That is very kind of Gerard to say about you, Chad. Which he's still wearing his sunglasses, guys. It's ridiculous. Caitlin's very pale and the light reflects off of her. <laughs> but it makes like kind of... Not, I am Not sun-kissed. an angel halo, that's for sure. I am sun-kissed. Just more of a blinding white light. Blinding. Blinding. All right, should we begin? I probably wouldn't. <laughs> You're about to go to break. <laughs> I know, but I want to start. This is a car show. We got to start talking about cars a lot faster than this. Than this. All right. All right. Aiden said we can, so I'm going to start. I'm going to tease it. Okay? A little, a little teasing, he says, indeed. All right, guys. Today, we're talking about a car company that, honestly... Many of you haven't really heard of. And text me if you have at 882-5397, all right? A car company that had two of the greatest names in the business behind its wheel at one point. That's right. And a car company that tried to create a Corvette Slayer. But uh, that proved to be a, <laughs> a company that could not also keep up with the competition. And today, as I've already said before, we are going to be talking about the rise and the fall of Allard Motor Company. Dun, dun, what a name. Dun. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, you know, the whole Corvette Slayer, Mustang Eater. Mustang Eater. Yeah, what was it? Mustang. They eat horses. <laughs> what was it? It was the Jag no, it was the Jaguar killer, the Camaro Puma thing, right? No, no, it didn't. It was something else. I can't believe I can't remember it right now. It's going to bug the bejesus out of me. All right, we got one text. George said, hey, I have heard of Allard. And then we got another one. Paul says, never heard of Allard. Excited to hear about it. Well, you're going to hear all about it. And I wasn't kidding about 
two of the most, like two of the greatest names in the automotive business, Carol Shelby drove an Allard. All right. Zora Arcus Dentov. Freaking Zoras. Zora, who is considered the father of the Corvette, drove an Allard. Both of them drove them, uh, were uh, in race cars. Uh, But isn't that, that's wild. And Allard didn't survive, sure. But you know who made a big name for himself using a similar concept? Carol Shelby. All right. Oh, now we go to a break, guys. All right. We're going to be back talking all about the rise and fall of Allard Motor Company. All right. Hello, hello, my friends. You're back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Spring Show. Spring break 2023. <laughs> oh, it is spring break. That means everybody be caught. Don't go over the island bridge unless you have to. I'm about to go to the beach and get me some beads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you can probably get some. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for tuning back in. We are talking all about... The Allard Motor Car Company, a car company, honestly, you may probably haven't heard of. And uh, it's funny because it kind of like was a a stepping stone for two of the greatest names in the automotive business. They raced these Allards. It was Carol Shelby and Zora Arcus Duntov, who was considered the father of the Corvette. So kind of a big deal. But let's start this journey all the way back in time with Sidney Allard. The man behind the brand. And also, he wasn't just the guy that founded it. He was also a winning rally driver. And usually, these successful car companies that are not just, um, that are in performance as well, usually they do get started off by a driver. Now, born in London to a family whose business was in owning Ford dealerships. There's a hint right there of what's going to be the power plant of most of his early cars. Cars and car sales were in Sidney Allard's blood. Much like my, microplastics are in our bloods now. This is true. This is unfortunately very true. Yes, many microplastics. <laughs> but as a youth, he joined the motorcycle clubs and would eventually found the British Drag Racing Association, which is pretty cool. That's right. That's he pretty founded it, and the, he was president too. The equivalent to the NHRA here. Right? I see. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But his love of racing began in 1929 with a Morgan three-wheeled, which those are pretty, pretty cool. Those are cool. <laughs> those are funny. When we went to when we went to England, we You'd saw see some left and on, right. Yeah, yeah. those are pretty badass. But uh, that was later converted to four wheels, which I guess helped with stability. Right, right? a little extra preferable, wheel. depending on where you put that extra wheel. T- <laughs> Allard raced his Morgan at the famed Brooklands. I've I've been to Brooklands. Which I visited. I visited. It says that I have. I know. I'm kidding. This converted Morgan and his subsequent victories and trials would spark a passion for racing and improving race cars. Yeah. Yeah. I have been to Brooklyn's. It was pretty dope. I I look back at some of these trips that I've done and I'm like, how did I even do those logistics? Like I hopped on two to three different buses. Walked half a mile or something in like the English countryside, and I found myself in Brooklyn's, <laughs> and it was pretty awesome. 
But I still, I'm like, God, I'm too old to figure out logistics like that anymore. Anyways, the first ever Allard Automotive was built to compete in trial events, which is basically timed rally events on tough terrain, nearly impassable by most vehicles back in the cool days, man. Sydney Allard built this car in under three weeks. It was powered by a Ford Flathead V8 coupled with a body that was mostly skimmed off of a Bugatti. He's like, I'm just going to like pirate this, uh, pirate this body off of Bugatti and then toss a V8 in there. Now, this car uh, really launched the spur of interest and soon Allards were being built to order. People were like, hey, what's that? What's that thing that's winning? And they're like, okay, I'll buy it. Now, come night. 19- what do they say? They'd say, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Uh, that's what they sell. That's what they Selling say. Selling cars like candy bars. <laughs> Dana Walters. It aches me some. <laughs> I did not know who that was. But is that that guy's name? Yeah. Wow. We were trying to remember it the other day. He's still around. <coughs> yeah, he was doing, he, he was, did like nationwide commercials. Yeah, he flew around in, in a jet and did the, Selling cars like candy bars. You God. come and see us. Come see us. Maybe he needs a uh, mentee, you know? Yeah, you could be the next. You just have to get an, over, an uh, I'm gonna overly large my, suit. I'm going to have flowing uh, pant legs. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right. In 1937, Allard began creating modified Fords to sell. And within two years, 12 Allard specials had been built and sold. In 1945, the Allard Motor Car Company was officially founded on Clapham High Street in London. Clap them high. Um, that's going to be stuck in my head for a while. During the war, Allard had built up an inventory of easy-to-service Ford mechanicals and inventory. And he paired that with bodywork of his own design. Clever, clever. Yeah. He went with a steel chassis. And uh, Allard released three post-world, post-war models. The J, a competition that's sports world car. War. World War. Which one? Two. Two. There you go. <laughs> The J, a competition sports car. The K, a bit larger road car. And the L, the family car. The family for the or family. Or a four-seater. Not much sort of family, but enough for the, the mother-in-law right, <laughs> in the bucket seat. All of which were based off of Ford, the Ford Pilot chassis and powered by a stock side valve V8 with a single carburetor. The bodies to the trio were created by Allard's friend Godfrey Imhoff. That is a good name. Godfrey, Godfrey is Godfrey is a well, first of all, I think of um Gilbert Godfrey. But yeah. it's a different last name. It's Godfried. Or Godfrey. Gilbert Godfried. I think Freed. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Godfrey is just it's all they had there. cool names back then. I were, know. Now people are running around named Braden. And Aiden. <laughs> He <laughs> has no idea. <laughs> no, but there were like so many. Uh, uh yeah. In, like goofy old names, I like them all. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. All right. Anybody has a good, good. Yeah. What's old a name? good Texan. old name? Like Engelbert. Yeah. Engelbert's a good one. Of course. It was. It was. Sure- Engelbert Humperdinck is going to be the Sherwood coolest. Egbert behind the Studebaker Avanti. That's a good one. Yeah, I know. What is the best old old time name? Yeah. All right, text it in. We'll, we're, we will say it on the air for sure. 
All right. And the Allard cars were off. Sales were quick and demand was high. Um, but if you think about it, that was pretty normal for all car manufacturers post-World War II. All right. Demand was high in most countries. There were even waiting lists for many car makers. And in some cases, used cars were going for more because you can get them quicker. Because they had a chip shortage. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, it would, Post-World War II, there was just like a boom. And also, manufacturers right after the war that most had been focusing on the actual war effort. So all they had were older models to start, and they all just kind of rushed to get what they could new out. Um, and there were a lot of wait lists. A lot. Um Kind of interesting to think about, yeah. Sales were going so well that Allard decided to add two more models to the lineup, the M and the P. I really like when there's easy, just either numbers or letters naming. Very cool. Now, they soon realized that importing their American engines and then outfitting them with them and then shipping the cars with the engines back in across the Atlantic may have not been the smartest methods of logistics. All right. So they make the bodies over in London. They get their engines in from the U.S. They put them in there and then they send the whole thing back. So they were like, you know what? We can do this a little more clever. And thus they began shipping the cars engineless to be fitted in the U.S. with engines once they hit the U.S. shores. I wonder if that also helped them with. Uh, tariffs. Oh yeah, right. Uh, and then they could say that it was a manufactured or something. Yeah. In the United States, or yeah, as a kit car or something like that. Which is what uh, Colin Chapman did with the Lotus, with a couple of his early Lotuses. He's like, well, you got to put this one piece together. There's there's some. If they were clever enough, they would figure out a loophole. Loophole. With, did I say loophole? Loop, like loophole. 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 I don't even know. Is it loop? Loophole. Loophole. Yes. Loophole. Depends on depends on your <laughs> depends on nationality. What, on what, yeah, where if I you're French. It can uh, be loophole. Loophole. Anyways, some of these guys are pretty clever about figuring out tax and tariff loopholes. And see, I don't even know if I said loophole right just now. It's loophole. Oh, you said it weird loophole. too. <laughs> loophole. Loophole. Oh my God. RuPaul. All right, guys, we got to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to tell you all about how the Allard took off at Le Mans. Stay tuned. Hello, hello, my friends. You're back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. We have been talking all about the Allard, but during the break, we we're talking about a little puppy that Chad is fostering. He found it um, middle, running in the middle of the road. Yeah. And you saved my it. My biggest mistake. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you just got to step up and clean up a bunch of poop. Puppy poop. Yeah, it is a terror. Luckily, it will be going into the Gulf Coast Humane Society to be adopted. I mean, it's a wonderful dog. Yeah. And well, please adopt. They're all cute. But, you know, dealing with a puppy, puppies are do take a lot more time. And it is on this topic that I segue into thanking our mayor and city council members for passing the intact pet permit. That means if your dog does not have all its legs and body parts. <laughs> 
Yeah. What does that mean? Exactly. It basically means that if you like don't want to fix your animal, you have to pay to have a breeding permit. And the idea behind this is to, you know, we got a, like a legitimate crisis going on in South Texas of too many, we have overpopulation and it's because a lot of folks don't, for whatever reason, don't want to fix their animals and then their animals get that, out and then they create puppies. And then I think those, that the reason they don't want to is monetarily potential. Well, now they will be. Well, I like the idea. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Well, it's just, it, it, there's going to be some, with it, everything, there's going to be some learning curves, some how do you process and procedures enforce on enforcement. And that will be, uh, there will be a moment of lear- of figuring that out. But the reality is, is that that is 100% a step in the right direction. Because there are just, there's puppy, bat, like literal cartons of puppies being dropped at animal control. All right. That's how I've had, I've had like 12 puppies come and go from my home, fostering them until we transport them up north in just like the last five months. It's insane. Anyways, a big thank you to our leadership for passing that because it sounds like a good, a good first or uh, second step. Yeah. Well, it, it also means that it's on the radar. You know what I mean? That this crisis that we have, because I'm not doing it for fun. Like Chad just said, it's a lot of work to take in and take care of puppies. I'm not doing it for fun. I'm doing it because there's a crisis and somebody, many of our citizens are stepping up. So it's pretty wonderful to hear yeah, that, is that good, the, city's, the city knows it's a problem. Hopefully and that will help. Too. Like I said, um, that it's going to really help. It is. It is. Anyways, on off of that soapbox, let's get back to talking about the Allard. A very, if you're just now tuning in, the Allard Don't was a very- Don't ever give me the neck cut again, either. <laughs> she gave me the neck cut. Do you swipe your hand across your neck like, I will cut your head off. She I, gave me that. And that is stared. not the first time. And then she I, stared. <laughs> that's then definitely to, not the first time I've communicated my with my hand. I sunglasses back on. <laughs> As you should. So the Allard was really only around for- 10 years, but it shot off some pretty cool performance uh, race cars and a few other just kind of, you know, four-seaters, etc. interesting cars. Where we ended in this timeline is is kind of their, their rise when the Allards started to post-World War II and the Allards were in high demand. But to be honest, everything was in high demand automotive after World War II. People were clamoring for cars. And honest, and the manufacturers could not make them fast enough. Yeah. Anyways, a famous name and the automotive industry worked very briefly at Allard in the early 1950s. And he raced Allard's, okay, for the factory team at Le Mans. That was Zora Arcus Duntov. And that's the Zora Arcus Duntov. It's a great name. See, we were just talking about great names. That's a great name. So, also, we could do a whole radio show on just Zora. Uh, Steve texted in with a great name, Wilford. Yeah. Wilford. Love that. That's not a bad one. No? Well, that's a good one. That's that's pretty solid. Uh, Zora, we could do a whole radio show on him. He was like a French resistant. He was in the French resistance. He was like a freaking. Oh, that's cool. uh, Yeah, World War II airplane pilot. Um, Wasn't much resistance, but. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, the French French resistance resisted. Yeah, French government not so much. True, 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 true. Yeah, Zora is considered the father, the Faja, 
of the Corvette. Kind of a big deal. Do you think he pronounced it Corvette? I, he wasn't actually French. Mm, he's a faker. Huh? So, no, I think he just found himself in France. But he led the Corvette from being the underpowered dud that it was for the first year or so when it was powered by the Blue Flame um, engine to the sports performance car that we know it for. And Zora was not the only famous name to drive her own an Allard. Nope. Carol Shelby raced two J2Ss in the early 50s. Or is that a J2S? Two J2s. Two J2s. Yeah. Is that the name or is that? Just J2. Two yeah, two. It's plural. Two. <laughs> he would, Shelby would later go on to shove an American Ford V8 into the British body, bodied Ace Bristol, thus creating one of the most popular and well-known cars in the world. Yeah. Everybody knows the Shelby Cobra. Where did he get the idea? And as I was looking at the Allard, yeah, I was seeing um, some resemblance. Yeah, yeah. In, well, there's in the, the body styling also. Yeah, there's multiple. So there's like open wheel Allards that were really used in like rallying and Le Mans, and then he does have a couple of like your more, uh, more more sports car looking automotives, and clearly like uh, American engines were popping at the time but the bodies weren't quite there to put them in so same thing carol shelby was like hey check out this ace bristol you know it would be great if i shoved a ford v8 in there and thus he did side note yeah and america at that time was dropping some big v8s out yeah and we had it over europe i think also with oil prices always oh, so we were able to no doubt to create those I don't think we had it in our chassis and uh, body design or nothing. No. But we had the engines. Not yet. We had the big engines with the horsepower and everything. Yeah. So it was kind of a good uh, a good mating. And on that, that on that note is exactly why there were so many hybrids of like uh, European bodies being put with yeah. American power. They didn't. They, the engines they made were more for their market, which was yeah. uh, very oil ex- expensive gasoline, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which it still is. So before we get completely off the topic of Zora, Arkas Duntov, Zora was the guy that wanted to put uh, the Corvette's engine mid-engine. All right? But a V8 would, wouldn't fit. Only a V6. And General Motors was like, I'm sorry, but the American public is absolutely obsessed with V8s. There's no way we're putting a V6 in there. So... When we finally got a mid-engine Corvette with the C8, it was kind of like coming full circle with Zora's wishes. Which is interesting and true maybe on the American market. Although the uh, Acura NSX was a V6 mid-engine. Mm-hmm. And it was an awesome car. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the Acura was like way... Yeah. And it, I'm sure during that time, I was, Z- yeah, it was. That thing did her have a 350. Ain't got no 350. <laughs> All right. Now let's talk a little bit about the J2. Talk about the J2. All right. The cars that were driven by Zora and by Shelby. Now, Sidney Allard saw that the U.S. was starved. We kind of already hit on this, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Starved of sports cars. And most manufacturers could not produce quickly enough for the demand over here in the States. You know, we had all those servicemen that were like, we want to go fast, and we have a lot of money after the war. 
you know, they could not produce quick enough for the demand. And thus he created the J2 weighing in just over a smidge over 2000 pounds and powered by a mercury flathead V8. The J2 was a powerful combination of lightness coupled with power, but apparently it had a little bit of a problem, a little bit of an issue. It had a tendency to catch fire at times when starting. That's only a problem when you're starting. <laughs> Most Allard owners tended to leave their cars running yeah. overnight. Yeah. Only a problem when you're starting it. Yeah. So the J2 could be race ready. All right. Like basically trimmed down or outfitted with street trim. And even though it caught on fire sometimes, it did prove to be a winner, taking third overall at the 1950 Le Mans. That Le Mans winning car was powered by a Cadillac, which um, a lot of Allards mostly powered by Cadillacs. Which was Chevy, basically, yeah, or no? GM. GM. Jim. Jim. To follow up the success of the J2, Allard would release the J2X. Always putting an X at the end of something makes it better. SpaceX. Experimental. Experimental. Uh, xylophone. DMX. DMX. Is it DMX or DMZ? I think it's DMX. The DMZ is the in Korea. That's the demilitarized <laughs> zone. What is it? DMZ. There's DMZ. a DMZ. Uh, though the J2X would not prove as successful in racing as its predecessor, the small company would struggle to compete against the race giants such as Jaguar, 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 Ma Maserati, Mercedes Benz, and Ferrari. Dude, if I had a nickel for every time some old dude on the internet told me it's pronounced Jaguar, how many nickels would you have? Tons of nickels. I'd fill a whole sock with them and, and then, hit them then, in the temple. Then beat them with the. I'd sock beat them with the, the nickels that I earned from their corrections. I'm like, hey, we, I just say jaguar. Yeah, we're jag. You are. I'm from, from South, South Texas. Texas. Suck it. We have no culture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when you think about it, though, at that time period, jaguar. Had the C and D types, Maserati, Mercedes Benz was making cars so fast that they would fly off into crowds and guillotine people, and then Ferrari. Like, yeah, I mean that's that's, that's not a, that's good company to get beat by, and honestly, well funded company too. Yeah, they didn't play hard to win. Yeah, so unfortunately, with the the less wins, that often meant less sales, <gasps> and that how do old they say age comes up? Uh, win on Sunday. You're going to be sat on Monday. That's not or, it. No, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah. Lose on Sunday, sad on Monday. Yeah, that's that's accurate, too. Mm -hmm. Now, while producing the J2, Allard was also creating saloons and two-seater sports cars. The Allard K3 was essentially like a rebodied Palm Beach, which was one of the other Allards. I just like that all of these other cars are letters coupled with maybe numbers but he did put out like a couple like the palm beach all right and that's a it's a cool looking you know little sports car all right a little like late 50s sports car so he created the k3 and sent it to the u.s in an attempt to be a corvette slayer and uh looks wise not not better looking than the corvette okay 
but it was powered by one of the most powerful engines of the time, the Chrysler Hemi engine. That and thing got a Hemi in it. Yeah, it got a Hemi in it. It did. It done did. With a four barrel carbs, with a pair of four barrel blah, 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 paired with four barrel carbs, and uh, at the time, Dollar dealerships were freaking clamoring to get this car. They were eager to get it on their lots. They thought it was going to sell through the roof. However, these expected sales did not follow. And it was not as much of a success. I'll tell you how much of not a success it was right when we get back from the break. Y'all stay tuned to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. You are back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. If you're just now tuning in, welcome. It's the bottom of the hour, the last 15 minutes. I do need to remind everybody that we got something special coming up. We have the Corpus Christi Car Show popping Saturday, March the 25th at the American Bank Center. It's picture the American Bank Center exhibit halls lined wall to wall with the coolest cars in Corpus Christi. That's what it is. If you haven't already registered your cool car, cool truck, motorcycle, we got a lot of categories. So go to CorpusChristiCarshow.com. Check out the categories. If you want to fit into one of those, great. Pick one. If not, enter independently. That's cool too. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's really cool gathering of the car clubs and car groups in Corpus. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, just a lot of cool cars to look at. Oh my God, he just pops in with the most yeah. eloquent. I like to look at eloquent him. Eloquent of things. I like to look at him with my eyes. And my eyes look at the shiny stuff. And they stare a lot of them have a shiny light. Chrome. I get attracted by the shininess. Chrome. And I also like funnel cakes. Yeah, me too. I also like, uh, what, 24 ounce Bud Lights, Miller Lights, Coronas. And, and I like funnel cake with the 24 ounce Bud Lights, Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Now, if you're tuning in, you're a little late. We've been talking about the rise and about to be talking about the fall of Allard Motor Company. This really all started when Sidney Allard was like, I want to go race. And he created his own car to race in rally events, time rally events, which uh, those were really cool back then because it was time trials and you were also on like super tough terrain. But that would be typically impassable by most cars. So you're going fast. And you're going on rough terrain. Start creating his own stuff. And Is then that he, like you'd say rally? Yeah. Rally racing? Yeah. Early Essentially. Rally. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. And I started making his own stuff. And what he did was create his own bodies and really use a lot of American power plants. Primarily Cadillac, to be honest. Uh, mostly ca Allard's are usually known to be powered with Cadillac engines. But just about anything. If that was American, he'd top in there and Americans wouldn't stop buying it. Yeah. So, some of the biggest names in the car industry have were driving for Allard. It was Carroll Shelby and Zora Arcus Duntov, father of the Corvette. And that's, I think I've brought everybody up to speed reasonably. Now, we talk about kind of the, the fall. The fall. After World War II, it was easy to sell things. And then, unfortunately, Jaguar, Maserati, Maserati Mercedes-Benz, and Ferrari 
they're tough to compete with and they were really well funded. So uh, what really would mean the decline of the Allard in the end was insufficient development. They just couldn't keep growing and researching and developing on the part of of racing. And if you don't win on Sunday, you don't sell on Monday. And without continued advancement and research, Allard Motor Company would fail to keep up with the ever-increasing, cheaper, and more technologically advanced competition. And this was pre-internet? Uh, yeah. Was it pre-internet? Yeah. I'm kidding. Okay. But so really- I thought you had best, a stroke on that one. No, like if the uh, such a small racing or auto manufacturer or whatever, your best advertising is when you win on Sunday. Because if oh, not, yeah. those Jaguar and all those people are playing- you know, they have marketing teams, yeah. they're marketing, they're advertising, they're in newspapers, they're in magazines. Exactly. So these smaller teams, you can't afford to spend all that money advertising. You're spending all of your budget or trying to race. Exactly. So really winning on Sunday for those smaller people was really key. Yeah. If you did it, it really helped. Racing was the, the Free best. Free advertisement. Po- yeah, the best point of advertising. And by the mid-50s, Allard was struggling. It was on the struggle bus. Now, couple that with a later recession of that decade, and the company could not continue manufacturing their cars. Though they would continue selling brake conversion sets, and also, in 1961, they would release The Dragon. Mm. The Dragon! The Dragon. Which was that, a, isn't it a Bruce Lee movie? <laughs> yeah, they went into... To film, they wanted to film. Now, the Dragon was a dragster powered by a Shurok supercharged 1.5 liter Ford. And it's pretty cool looking. Like, it's like one of those needled skimp dragsters. Pretty dope. Now, sadly, and just maybe like, I can't decide if it's suspiciously or not. In 1966, Sidney Allard would die. On the same night as a fire broke out and destroyed their Clapham High Street factory. Mm. And along with it, all of the factory records. What was that guy's name from Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to do it. Yeah. I forgot. You can still do the voice if we don't remember his name. I'm so, I can't do that. Oh, so much pressure. My apologies there, sir. So, I mean, I don't know if that's suspicious or what, or just mere coincidence. I'm not so sure. So, that happened. They were already not really manufacturing cars. So, it sounds like that would be the end of the story, right? No, not quite. I'm Robert Stack. Oh, there we go. You needed a second. This is Unsolved Mysteries. Is that his name? Did you Google it? I did. Okay, good. Good job. All right. Now, that would not quite mean the end of the story. Years later, in 19... That's like 30 plus years later. In 1999, the Allard name would be licensed by a gentleman named Chris Humberstone. Humberstone. That's a good one. (laughs) I don't know why that's giving me... The giggles. Humberstone. And he would make an attempt to create a prototype racer powered by a 3.5 liter Cosworth V8 coupled with a grafted F1 transmission. 
He tried. Humberstone tried. But he ran short of money. As many do. Good attempt. Not thwarted, though. Just a little... Thwarted. Thwarted. Just a little, but not all the way thwarted. He attempted to finagle a deal with Toyota. How about that? To rebadge the first generation Lexus LS400 as an Allard. Mm-hmm. Which that if... I need to read more into that. Uh-huh. Uh, that's pretty insane. Yeah, right? If he would have got Toyota. It sounded like they got... Was that going to be like two different cars or was that going to be... Just a, it sounded the, like a to, just a rebadging, essentially. And they have they, like a, they have a photo of, of a potential and it looked pretty similar. Hmm. But it didn't, it didn't go through. They got close. That's interesting because, I mean, the LS400 is a marquee yeah. uh, vehicle. It was going to be the first generation. Really one of Lexus's flagship first probably for one of their first cars they put out i think was a 400 yeah so they may 60s they may have been like oh i think we can do it without doing that yeah that's interesting it got along like the conversation went pretty far along with lexus Hmm. yeah what a a change in direction (laughs) as the wind sails so does you direct through the hourglass this is the days of our lives. Yeah. So, like, the deal was going along swimmingly until it just didn't. For reasons unknown, it just completely fizzled. But, Chad, guess what? Guess what? What? That wasn't even the end either. Surprise. All right. The brand was given new life in 2012 and established as the Allard Sports Car Limited. Producing period correct continuous chassis of the JR. How about that, sports fan? Sounds like we ended right at the right time. This is the first time ever we didn't have other things we wanted to say. Way to go, us. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. We're here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Have a good one.